Well, a new season is upon us. The preseason is finally over. How did the Ducks do against the Kings? Who impressed the most? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every the day. The best time of the year is finally here. This is the time that I've been waiting for. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thanks for making this your first listen of the day. A reminder, this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, etc., etc. You can follow me at SimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. For the sake of transparency and peeling back the curtain, here's what the schedule is going to look like the next couple of days. Obviously, there was no podcast yesterday. I was a bit under the weather. Actually, I was a lot under the weather, just not feeling good. So we had to table that episode yesterday. So here's what the schedule is going to look like today. This is episode number one. Episode number one is coming to you right now in the afternoon. I'm going to record a second episode while the first one is rendering, uploading, etc., etc. That second episode will come later tonight. And for the sake of transparency, once I return from Dodgers game tonight, yes, I'm going to the Dodgers game tonight, not going tomorrow because tomorrow is opening night for the Ducks. So, hey, you know what? At least I'm going to one playoff game. So that's for the sake of transparency what's going on. So expect another episode late tonight. That'll be Tuesday night, Wednesday morning show. And then Wednesday will be another show. And that'll be the return of Zuri. <laughs> yeah, she'll be making an appearance. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to make it like a little more, you know, like not professional, you know, like I'm trying to make it so she comes on once in a while, not every day. But I'll try to bring her on as often as possible. So, yeah, that's what's going on with the show the next couple of days. Thursday, I'm specifically going to look at the Gulls roster. And maybe a little bit of Ducks Talk. Actually, I'll talk about the Goals roster a little bit towards the end of Thursday's episode. But on Wednesday, I will be talking all about opening night. And also, tomorrow night, I'll be doing a squad cast, a postcast with Erica Ayala from Locked on Kraken as we break down tomorrow's opening night. Bring, bring it on. Bring it on, Erica. I'm just saying, I expect the Ducks to win opening night. Fully expect it. All right. So let's talk about that game between the Kings and the Ducks really quick. Oh, the reason I'm not talking about rosters yet, the meet the Ducks yet, is because I want that to be an entire full episode. I want to devote a whole episode just about the rosters. But today we'll talk about Kings versus Ducks because, you know, why not? I mean, yeah, do we have to talk about it? I feel like we kind of do have to talk about it because there were some takeaways to this game because the rosters that we saw on that weekend game are pretty much what we're going to see for the rest of the regular season, for the most part. Yes, the Kings were victorious 6-3. to Yes, it was kind of a crazy game. Yes, there was some <laughs> shenanigans going on and... Yeah, John Gibson, we'll talk about that in a second. 
But let's talk about someone that I once said, and I'll admit to this, about three years ago, I may have said on this podcast and on Locked on Kings that there might be a certain king that at the time I thought was a little overrated. Maybe not so much anymore. I think he's finally come around, and that player is Gabe Velarde. Well, Velarde sure showed the Ducks, but I'm going to say this again. Preseason does not count, although he did score a nice goal on the Ducks early on in that game. Ugh. Then it was an arty party, and then Grundy. So right away it was 3-0. Gibby did not look good that first period, and I found out, that, well, we all found out there was a reason for that. He left the game because of an upper body injury. He should be ready to go opening night, but there is always that little bit, that teensy bit of concern whenever you say that a player leaves with an injury during a preseason game because the Ducks have just been overcome by injuries during this preseason. Trevor Zegras, Erhol Vakninen, and now John Gibson. Yeesh. At least Z was back for this game. Thank God. And, you know, really good that he came back on this one because he had a nice little apple in the second period of this game. Actually, Ducks came back and tied this game in the second period. My boy, Mason McTavish, from my favorite, Troy Terry. Yeah, Troy Terry with the nice apple there. That made it 3-1. Then Max Jones, the Ducks' favorite, the Ducks fans' favorite player, Max Jones. He's a fan favorite. Come on, you got to love Max Jones. He scored. He looked thrilled. And then Scary Terry, Troy Terry on the power play from Z and Kling. So all of a sudden, it was tied at three. Then Sean Dursey scored for the Kings, making it a 4-3. There was a lot of scoring early on. It had the makings of an 8-6 or 7-5 game. It really did. Third period, it was shutdown defense for the Kings. Deneau scored. Fiala scored. Let's talk about the Ducks goals, though. I would say that Max Jones goal was pretty nice, but let's talk about that McTavish goal. Oh, boy. McTavish was left pretty open. And I got to give it up to Strom for having the presence of mind for coming up with that play. But I also have to give credit just in general for the three Ducks goals, a couple of them, to Derek Grant. Now, why am I bringing up Derek Grant right now? Here's why. I've... I've said that he serves an important role for this team. Derek Grant serves a purpose. Is it a top six guy? No. But he is the kind of guy that will grind plays out. He will set screens. And he did this on a breakaway goal, by the way. Derek Grant did set a screen on a Kings defender in order to get the Ducks on an odd man rush. That resulted in a goal. So while Derek Grant will not get credit for an assist, I will give him the benefit of the doubt and give him an indirect assist because he was key in getting that puck loose and playing good defense at that time. And even better to set that screen in order for the Ducks to have a one-man advantage on the rush instead of it being even, crossing the neutral zone. So I give Derek Grant a lot of credit for that. So it's it's little plays like that why I still say he's important as a depth guy, as a third, fourth line guy. You need players like that 
that will make the little plays. You need guys like that that could have important face-off victories in the defensive end because we know he's good at that. You you need those guys, but you need to find the place for them, and the place for Derek Grant is in the bottom six. Now, it, it sounds like I'm pumping his tires a little bit, and maybe that is slightly, but this is me reminding Ducks fans that those third and fourth line guys are important and they're going to serve an importance to this team. That's why I love guys like Max Jones. Max Jones, I feel, is another one of those super important role players for the Ducks that I think could get double-digit goals this season. Max Jones has scored three goals in their preseason. That's one of the players that's impressed me the most, and I'll talk about him more in the second part of this program. But you need guys like that. You need guys like Max Jones. You need guys like Regenda. And by the way, I've been pronouncing his name wrong. It's not Regenda, it's Regenda. So you need guys like that. You need guys like a Max Comtois. You know, they're they're important to the team too. They're very important. So I think we got to keep an eye on the third, fourth line guys for this season. That's all I'm saying. By the way, Kings did win 6-3. They also won in the shootout. The fake exhibition shootout. Yippee! Yay, you can tell I'm thrilled about that. All right, we're going to head into the first intermission. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, my favorite protein bar, and something that I've been using a lot, training for a marathon, which is coming up in a month. Four weeks. Four weeks from Sunday, I'll be running the New York City Marathon, and I need a boost to pick me up. And, you know, I typically grab a protein bar. And what better protein bar than Built Bar? which has only 130 calories on average, only about 4 to 5 grams of sugar packed with 17 grams of protein. And also, I love their Built Boost. I drank a lot of Built Boost over the last couple of days just to get myself back up and running. The immunity boost is really good. And also Built Puffs. Built Puffs are the best. So if you want to try it for yourself, head over to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar ever. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez, and I stress the Locked On Anaheim part because I'm a big Disney person. I used to have a pass. I go to Disneyland Pretty often, so I'm a big Disney fan. If you're on the video side, you may have noticed the shirt that I'm wearing. If you can figure out what this is from, you're a real one. That's all I'm saying. Yep, you're a real one if you know what Disney movie that's from. Yes, this is that is a game show slash Disney shirt. I'm a big game show fan as well. I've had Hockey Jeopardy on here. I'm a big Jeopardy Wheel of Fortune guy. By the way, shout out to a friend of mine, Megan, who was on Wheel of Fortune last night. And I'll just spoil it. She did not win, but she solved a couple puzzles. Had a pretty decent outing. So congrats, Megan, on making Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, cool to watch. And a little bit of a surprise. I I didn't know she was on until pretty much like right when it aired. And I was like, wait, I know her. I was like, wait a minute. That's that's Megan. Who's who's our running buddy? So, yeah, that was awesome. All right, enough of the chit chat. 
Let's talk about players that impressed me during this preseason. Actually, before I do that, I just want to focus on the shootout briefly on the, on the, for the weekend. <laughs> Did you notice that both the Kings and the Ducks had a little bit of gamesmanship by trotting out all their defensemen during the practice shootout? How, how neat was that? Every defenseman for both teams participated in the shootout. Every single one. Klingberg, Fowler, Drysdale, Shaddy, Beaulieu, Kulikov. They all participated in the shootouts. That was kind of neat. It was also kind of weird seeing guys like, you know, Matt Roy and Alex Edler and Mikey Anderson in the shootout for the Kings. That was weird. And I didn't really catch what was going on until the second shooter for each team. Because I was like, okay, start off with the defender. Why not? Then I realized what was going on. That they were going to send out all six defensemen. It finally went to the seventh round. Zegris on the shootout did not score. Boo, let's not talk about the rest of the shootout. Whatever. But that was kind of fun to watch. Plus, how often are you going to see guys like Shaddy and Kulikov in the shootout? That almost never happens, folks. Almost never. Okay. So here's who impressed me the most during this preseason. I'm going to start off with Derek Grant. Look, believe it or not, he led the team in points during the preseason with six. Yeah, would you believe that? Derek Grant led players in points this preseason. Oh boy, that that's a weird one to say. The elite 1C, Derek Grant. But again, he serves a purpose. <laughs> uh, good luck on the fourth line, Derek. I, I, I'm rooting for you, buddy. Who else impressed me? Rocco Grimaldi. Now, I know what happened with Rocco, but he still looked impressive, and I hope he finds a decent role with wherever he ends up. Troy Terry. Troy Terry, picking apples left and right. Five points in the preseason. I liked him a lot. A whole lot. Um, Max Jones, who, by the way, led the Ducks in goal scoring with three goals during the preseason. Now, here's where I continue my talk on Max Jones from the first segment. This is a guy that Ducks fans should want to root for. This is a guy, first off, that is beloved by Ducks fans on Twitter because he's very active on Twitter. And he will reply to everybody, pretty much everybody. I mean, he's replied to me a couple times. He's replied to a lot of you listening. If you follow Max Jones on Twitter, you'll find that he's very receptive. He loves the responses. He he enjoys Anaheim. And he enjoys the fan love that he gets here. Absolutely. So to see, <laughs> to see him lead the team in goal scoring during the preseason, I think is really cool to see the way that he's kind of came back from major injury. Max Jones has missed a lot of time and he's been working super hard to get back in this roster during the season. I, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him wherever he winds up third or fourth line. Again, this is someone that serves a purpose for the team. Someone that is going to bring that energy 
to that bottom six. And you need guys like that. You need energy guys in the bottom six. You need guys that can provide some kind of scoring spark. You need a guy that can bring that kind of scoring touch to those depth roles. And Max Jones kind of showed it during the preseason. And I think he could show it during the regular season as well. I maintain, I think he'll get double-digit goals this season. So I'm not just rooting for Max Jones personally. I'm rooting for him because of the road he took to come back. And he's already showing the form that we were all hoping for. So Max Jones, another guy that I think impressed me a lot during this preseason. Also, Frank, not Sonny Milano, Frank Vetrano, the newest, one of the newest Ducks. He skated pretty well during this preseason. But there's another player that I do want to bring up that I don't think is going to get enough love, but should get more love. Dmitry Kulikov. He played a lot of minutes during the preseason. In fact, he had some pretty good minutes during the preseason and got a couple of apples. He's going to serve a role for the Ducks as well. More the purpose that if he pairs up with Jamie Dreisel and looking at the practice lines, that's what it's looking like going to happen. It looks like it's going to be Kulikov and Drysdale on second line defense. That's fine. Kulikov is a perfectly competent defender. He has a pretty decent scoring touch. And to put him on a line with Drysdale, I think, does take a little bit more pressure off of JD. And we'll let Drysdale's game hopefully begin to flourish more and more. And for Drysdale to learn from some of the vets like a Klingberg, like a Fowler, like a Kulikov, that'll only help JD more later down the line. So that's someone else that I look at to be a good player is Kulikov. So those are some of the Ducks that have impressed me so far this preseason and will hopefully continue to impress during the regular season. All right, we will be right back after the second intermission. Stay locked in, folks. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, you're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this on the final segment of today's podcast, because this is pretty major hockey news in general. So just want to send out, I, I have to do this. Just understand, I have to do this. I have to send out a trigger warning to those that might be affected by this. Now that I said that, you probably know the direction in which this podcast is going. So just bear with me, but that does come with a trigger warning. With that said, there were multiple stories that came out across the world of hockey over the last couple of days. And let's start with the big one that took place in Tampa Bay. About three, four days ago, there was a statement that came out from an Emily Smith who made a statement on being groomed and sexually abused by Ian Cole, currently of the Lightning, formerly of teams such as the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it's a pretty long statement. If you haven't read it yet, it's it's pretty jarring. But needless to say, some of these details are just disturbing. 
what happened was Ian Cole groomed her while she was in high school and asked her to leave school and meet up with him at hotel rooms while he was in the NHL and while she was still in her school uniform. And he would make comments to her. He bragged about all the other girls he slept with, which is just terrible and manipulative. Yeah, it it was pretty bad. She was also targeted by Ian because she was a teenager. And when she got to college, she found out that he slept with someone who was also a minor at her former high school. So while this girl was getting groomed, by the way, her name on Twitter, I don't think it's her real name, but she goes by Emily Smith. I mean, she not only was she getting groomed, but he did this to other girls as well. These are two jarring of comments to make up. This is pretty bad. So now she said the NHL need, needed to hold themselves accountable. And that's exactly what the league has done. The league suspended him indefinitely. There is going to be a hearing. He will have an in-person interview Wednesday in New York as part of the NHL's investigation into the sexual misconduct allegations against him. This according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN. Cole's going to be interviewed by Jared Maples, the NHL's chief security officer. This could have some pretty jarring consequences for Ian Cole. And it is up to the NHL to do the right thing and just cooperate, go by the investigation moving forward and see what is found. Now, Ian Cole, for what it's worth, he maintains his innocence. He says that he, quote, looks forward to clearing my name and demonstrating to the NHL and the Lightning that these allegations are unfounded. Look, you can deny all you want, but by the way, this wasn't Cole that said this. This was through his agent. It wasn't even Ian Cole that said this. It was his agent. And this is the Lightning's statement. The Lightning is aware of the allegations against player Ian Cole and are cooperating fully with the NHL on an investigation. Our organization takes these allegations very seriously. While we continue to gather more details, we have decided to suspend Ian Cole pending the results of an investigation. No members of the organization, including players, will comment further at this time. And then Ian Cole's lawyer, attorney, whatever, he just came out with a generic statement that's like every other statement that you see from players when something like this happens. I mean, it's, it's not even Ian Cole talking. It's his agent, but I get it. Here's a statement from the agent. I completely deny these allegations and will fully cooperate with the NHL and the Lightning, their officials and legal departments in the investigation. Okay. Yeah, so he has to say that. I guess he has to say that. But it would be better if if he apologized. I would love it if players came out with statements saying that he at least was deeply regretful or showed some kind of remorse. Because this should not be happening. And I don't want to get, you know, too emotional here, but I just want to present what's out there and what's being done. 
this in-person hearing is going to take place Wednesday. I would think that he's played his last NHL game. I really do. These are two serious of allegations. It's not just the grooming one person, but if it is in fact true that he groomed multiple minors, then he's looking at some jail time. He's looking at some serious charges against him, and that would mean that he's played his last game in the National Hockey League. And it's an abysmal situation and comes on the heels of other horrible investigations like this in the National Hockey League. This has no place in hockey. This has no place in sports. This has no place anywhere. There should not be unwanted sex on minors. Like, it's, it's not right. And on the heels of that, we had another bit of news from the Bakersfield's Condors. And this took place at pretty much the same time. This was the statement from the Bakersfield's Condors. Quote, Earlier today, we became aware that Bakersfield Condors head athletic trainer Chad Drown had been charged with very serious felony offenses related to contacting a minor to commit a sexual offense in the state of California. We are shocked and dismayed by the news, and Mr. Drown has been relieved of his duties immediately. More jarring news in the world of hockey. Whew. I, I've met him a couple of occasions, Chad Drown, form, now former head trainer for the Condors. He was immediately fired. Here's exactly what went down there. He was arrested at 4.07 p.m. Sunday afternoon on suspicion of three counts related to contacting a minor with intent to commit a sexual offense. One misdemeanor, two of them are felony charges, and he did, in fact, Get arrested. All right. This, this is also a jarring story. This this one is just as bad. Because he actually did get arrested and charged. And two of them are felony accounts. These these are both heinous crimes. They're, they're both really bad. We do have more on the Chad Drown story. So what happened was that he contacted a minor and he was arranging to meet a minor for that purpose at an arranged place. Now, the arrest itself was part of a decoy operation. So what happened there was he did actually contact the minor and he did arrange to meet that minor. Once Bakersfield or Kern County Sheriff got a hold of that, they did a decoy operation where they would catch him in the act again. And that's exactly what happened. So he got arrested Sunday thinking that he was going to meet someone else. And he got arrested. So that's what's going on in Bakersfield. Now here's the connection. He spent the last four years with the Condors. He was a trainer with the Roadrunners there before. And before that... He worked in junior hockey as a ref, but also as a trainer and also an athletic therapist for the Hockey Canada under-18 team. So he was also part of Hockey Canada around all those times where horrible things were happening. 
And again, this this came on the heels of the Ian Cole situation. And this also comes on the heels of Hockey Canada going through its own stuff. I mean, that's been a month-long scandal that took place. And by the way, uh, thanks to Henry Greenstein of the Bakersfield News for covering the story regarding Chad Drown. As far as Hockey Canada, we got some news come out this morning that several members of the of the board of chair, like the chairman's board, they they're gone. They're done in Hockey Canada. That's a start as well. So at least as far as the Hockey Canada stuff is concerned, it's the first step in the right direction. I don't know if it's going to completely absolve of everything that happened. I mean, the executives did testify that Hockey Canada paid about $9 million to 21 sexual abuse claimants since 1989. So Hockey Canada had been covering this up over and over and over and over again. And for that connection to take place between Chad Drown and Hockey Canada, it just adds to it. You wonder how much of a connection there was between what happened with Chad Drown now and if that had been taking place with Hockey Canada back then too. I mean, who's to say? More of this news is going to probably come to light at some point. But just my quick two cents on this. There's a culture problem. And I I shouldn't even say there's a culture problem. But there is definitely some issues in sports in general. Not just hockey, but in sports in general. Just because these players are in a position of power does not mean they should abuse it. It really doesn't. And it's it's good that more of these are coming out now. But at what price to the victims? The victims are are really who I feel bad for. Because they were victimized in this manner. And it's wrong. It it's completely wrong. All right, that's my quick two cents on that. But just wanted to get that story out because it kind of feels like this was a big story over the past couple of days. It's an unfortunate story in hockey, but one that I should at least address because there are multiple stories that happened in the past 48 to 72 hours. So I just feel it is my duty to at least say what's going on and just say, I hope we see less and less and less of this. I, I truly hope that we don't see any more of these heinous acts in the coming years. That that's that's really it. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I know it's gonna take a long time and I know hockey culture, there's still going to be some issues, but you know, if we can have less of this from now on, all the better. And I feel for the victims. All right. That's it. I'm done. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe on YouTube. This show is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, etc., etc. You could follow me on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to drop me a line, you could do so at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It's greatly appreciated. 
for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Please, please be kind to one another and ducks fly together. <laughs>